It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fish Casting the Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. And I'm Captain Tim. All right, guys. Um, good show today. Uh, anybody who usually watches my videos, I just want to do a quick statement, you know. I just, I have a couple videos that I need to make. I just haven't had time. Um, I'm up here in Rhode Island, so I'm not really doing videos. You know, I got a Florida channel, so I might do another video, but just for all my video people that also listen to this podcast, I apologize. Maybe I'll get one out this weekend. I, I have enough footage for one or two, but it's just, it's okay footage. So, uh, but back to the podcast, good show, uh, new fish of the week. I I'm going to talk a little bit about my Rhode Island fishing, which I'm not recording. You're, you're just going to have to listen to me uh, speaking. So uh, let's get going. Yeah, Tanner, uh, uh, I know that you haven't been doing any Florida fishing. You've been in the Northeast, and this is where I really want to key in because I've never fished up there. So what can you tell me about the fishery or what you've been up to? Uh, you know, I've been trying a couple different things, trying to see what worked. Um, I've had minimal success. I still haven't gotten my striped bass yet. So, you know, th those are almost like the snook of the Northeast. Um, they say that September and October is when they really run. So, you know, the crazy thing here is they, they school up. So I've, I've gotten onto a school of them twice, but the school was there and gone so quick. So the first time, very first day up here, and I'm just fishing a beach, fishing right off a little jetty on shore. I had one bust on my Zara spook, never got another bite. So after two or three days of trying that near my hotel, you know, I just decided that this was, it was a lot of work for not many fish and I was going to start trying other things. So the first thing I did was start throwing some bigger uh, sabikis and that actually worked for small bluefish. So the next day or so I was catching mostly small uh, six to eight inch bluefish. Go through sabikis quick, you know, big bluefish are fun. Little bluefish, ah, you know, not for me. So then uh, one day I was out there uh, casting for striper, not really having any luck. And this guy next to me comes up and starts ripping out porgies one after another, after another. I'm like, sir, let me ask, what are you using for bait? And he was like, oh, I, I just use blood worms. I'm like, all right, blood worms. I don't really know what that is, but uh, let me see. And he was like, yeah, try one out. Threw it out there. Instantly caught, you know, 10, 12 inch porgy. I was like, okay. Um, so that day, I think I caught three porgies and a black sea bass um, just using those blood worms. Now, these blood worms are some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen a blood worm before, Tim? No, I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to tell us, and it's probably not going to be great. <laughs> so they're, they're a type of polycheate bristle worm. 
So they're covered in these little bristle legs. Um, They can like expand and contract from like, you know, maybe five inches at their shortest to like eight inches at their longest. And they have the nastiest beaks. So I didn't realize, like, it almost looks like the, the mouth of a spider. This guy didn't tell me that these things have teeth. So I pick one up and this thing latches on to my finger and holy moly, like, um, it was not fun. So what I'm using for these things, very similar rig to what I would use in Miami, but just a little bit heavier weight. So a four or number two circle hook, um, with a two ounce egg sinker on about a foot to maybe a two foot leader at the most. And I'm just tossing it out there. And uh, I've gone a couple times and, you know, my best day was Sunday. And I think I caught 15 um, porgies just fishing right off the jetties. You know, some of them are small, you know, your smaller ones look almost like a pinfish. Um, and then the bigger ones, you know, 12, 13 inches are about as big as they get, but you know, they put up a pretty good fight and it's a pretty rocky bottom. So I'm losing a good amount of weights, a good amount of hooks. Um, but it's, it's a really fun fishery. And then there's also some other fish mixed in. I told you, I caught that sea bass. I caught a uh, blackfish or tautog, which is the fish of the week. We'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I caught a Northern sea robin, um, and I've also been using uh, some cut menhaden. That was our fish of the week last week. Uh, so I've been using that and I've got a couple good hits. The sea robin was on the cut menhaden, but I think that's how I'm going to get a striper or a bigger bluefish. Uh, I think the last time I went was three days ago and I had a really good hit on the cut bait. So, you know, that's a, an easier way to fish. I think this weekend I might try to take out a rental kayak and see, uh, you know, I, I'm scoping out some spots. I think it might be easier to get these porgies when I'm vertical instead of fishing off the jetties because it is very, very rocky up here. And, you know, in one spot, there's two spots on the same jetty that I fish. One spot, it's just, there's a lot of bites, but, you know, it seems like every fourth cast, I'm losing my weight. And, you know, I haven't found a spot where I can buy my same circle hooks up here. And I feel like that's key, um, you know, getting those small circle hooks to getting those porgies. Because, I mean, it really is like catching pinfish or, you know, how porgies' mouths are small. They're good bait stealers. So you really got to get a good hook set um, if you want to get these porgies in. And, you know, I'm going to keep trying for these stripers. And then I know that I'm going to get one eventually. Um, What some people actually do is use a keeper porgy because they only have to be nine inches. So use a keeper porgy for uh, striper bait. So I'm going to keep uh, trying new things. Um, I'm enjoying catching the porgies. I think what I'm going to continue to do is have one rod dedicated to porgy fishing and another rod dedicated to, uh, you know, the bigger fish. And, you know, I'm going to get a striper. I'm going to get a big blue eventually. But, uh, you know, in the time I have up here, just fishing a couple hours here and there after work, I've had some success for sure. No, it definitely sounds like it. And I got a couple questions about the fishery up there. Um, first off, yeah, those bristle worms, I'm familiar with bristle worms and they are nasty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what their deal is. They are just some of the creepy, crawliest, weirdest, 
Ugh, I don't like them. You know, snakes, most bugs, spiders don't bother me, but those gristle worms are just weird. So it's a bridge I can imagine. Yeah, I, I can imagine getting latched on your hand by one of those little devils. Probably wasn't great. So better you than me. Um, but are, are the porgies that you catch up there, are they the same ones that are local to, you know, Gulf of Mexico and Florida waters just up a little further? Or no, it, it is a different species. Um, here they call them uh, scup or just porgy. Um, you can definitely see, like, I think they look most like uh, pinfish um, of all of our porgies. Uh, the genus is Spino... Stenotomosis chrysops. So I don't know that any of our other porgies we have in Florida are stenotomosis, but um, I mean, the same general body shape, the little ones really do look a lot like um, pinfish. Um, and then the bigger ones, you know, look a little bit different. Yeah, they're, they're a different uh, genus than uh, most of our Florida porgies. But the, the same, you know, almost like a bluegill type body, you know, with the little mouth and little teeth, um, you know, your typical porgy, but just a little bit different. Obviously, um, they can handle a little bit colder water. I do think we caught one in Jacksonville when I was a kid, um, but the, I think South Carolina is generally uh, the, their furthest south that they go. Now, are you, um, are you able to keep any of these guys? Because I know porgies in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, they're one of my favorite kind of like dark horse fish that most people don't keep, but they have a, a really, really tasty meat, um, firm and, and very white. Are these something you keep or, or not yet or not? Um, I've, I've given some away. The guy that was letting me borrow his worms, um, I gave him a bunch. I haven't kept any yet, but I do uh, plan to. I, uh, I think they would be delicious fried. When I previously lived in New York, um, I did catch porgies a couple times, these types of porgies, and they are, you know, very good to eat. I have uh, fried them up uh, in the past, and I know they're delicious. They taste identical to our uh, Florida porgies, but I haven't gotten an opportunity to eat them up here yet. Um, I have a couple friends that live in the area, so I think maybe whenever one of them has some time on a weekend, I might try to uh, catch a couple and fry them up. But uh, right now I'm living in a hotel room, and unless I wanted to throw them in the microwave, I just don't think that would be a good idea. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, and then I had a question about the stripers. Um, you said September, October, they really start running together. Is this spawning related or... Is there, do they just kind of school up and ambush bait fish? Or do you know why they're congregating in the fall? I'm not sure. I believe they spawn in the spring and they're, uh, I believe, Andromedus. I know there's Andromedus and Catadromedus. I can't remember which is which, but they spawn in freshwater. So I don't know if this is the beginning, but I, but I think it's like a typical spring and fall run. Um, and I'm not sure if this is on their way in or their way out of the uh, the freshwater river systems for the winter. Okay. And I'm, I may be putting you on the spot um, with this next question. So similar to a salmon, except instead of dying upstream, they, they come back out of the river. They don't, they don't perish after they, they lay their eggs and spawn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and here in Rhode Island, 
the bay, if you just look at the map, this is a gigantic bay. I had no idea the geography of Rhode Island. This bay is almost as big as Tampa Bay, if not bigger. Uh, like we, we went uh, sailing on a friend's boat and, you know, on a sailboat, it took us four hours, you know, going six or seven knots to go from Newport, Rhode Island up to Providence, Rhode Island. So it's a very large bay. And in the South Bay near where I'm staying, you know, the water is very clean. You know, we're just inside of the ocean. And it's not like there's a small bay opening. It's, it's a wide, pretty wide bay opening. It's a really cool geography of the area in general. I, you know, I'd never really spent any time here. I'd fished here once before for cod, um, but I, I didn't really know the geography of the area. And it's a, it's a really nice area. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it at all. I'm going to have to check out that bay and, and just uh, look on the, uh, the, the Google Earth and see what you're, see what you're working with, because it sounds like a you know, pretty crazy spot, just the, the different fish you're catching and, and being shore-based. I know that you're really good about finding new spots and everything, so I'll check it out and, and uh, see what I can find. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, well, we don't have any questions and Tim didn't get to fish this week. So might be a little bit of a shorter episode. I just posed my question on Instagram 15 minutes ago. So probably not enough time to get anything going, but uh, we did get a fish of the week and that is the blackfish or tautog as I previously mentioned, tautog onitis. Tim, I know you said you've done your research about the Tautog. What can you tell me? Yeah, well, we talked before the show and, and my research included watching probably a 10 minute video of some guy in New Jersey trying to catch Tautog on crabs. Um, that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge. I, I think there are wrasse species. Um, people use split crabs or whole crabs to catch them. Um, I think they're a real popular fish. It could have been just the time of year I was watching the video, but the, the gentleman in the video said that everybody in Jersey that owns a boat goes and catches Tautog around Christmas time. And that's yeah. pretty much the extent. That's, that's pretty much all I know about them. Um, kind of a goofy looking fish. Um, I'd like to catch one. Apparently they're highly regarded for their table fare. So if I'm ever up that way, uh, I, I'd love to give it a shot. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely tasty, tasty from what I've heard. Um, I've never eaten. I don't think I've ever caught a keeper. But again, in New York, it was a fish that I caught with somewhat frequency. Um, you know, just living when I was living in Manhattan, I used to catch them right off the seawall on little oyster crabs. So um, I probably could catch more here if I put more effort into catching the crabs. But it's easy to just buy the worms. Um, instead of catching the crab. So I think maybe this weekend, if I go out on that kayak, like I was thinking, maybe I'll, uh, I'll go and catch a dozen or so crabs before uh, on top of the worms and try to try a little harder to get a decent sized one. Cause the one I caught the other day was tiny. Um, so it, it was still fun to catch. And, you know, they're definitely a cold water species. I think kind of similar to the scup. They live as far South as South Carolina but they're very prevalent in areas like this all the way up into Canada. Um, you know, a cold water wrasse species. Um, my, my cousin used to live in Massachusetts and he said up there, he used to catch them one after another, just um, fishing right off the dock where he worked. 
Yeah, it, it, they're, they're an interesting looking fish from what I remember, kind of soft lipped and just, I, I don't know, kind of, kind of weird looking, but, uh, you know, I'll give it a try if I'm ever up there. Absolutely. Well, all right, guys, a little short one today, but remember to uh, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Actually, I haven't checked lately and see if we have any good iTunes reviews. Um, I apologize. You know, hopefully we'll get some questions this week that maybe we can apply for uh, next week. And hopefully Tim will get out there. I guess, Tim, you just wanted to men briefly mention uh, your fishing plans for the weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going out um, on Sunday and, and trying some inshore beach snook spots. Um, some that, that have always proved very good uh, in the past um, out by the sandbars at um, Funces Pass for people familiar with Tampa Bay. Um, haven't been out there in months. The, the red tide, as we've talked about on this program, have, have just eaten up Tampa Bay and the surrounding waters. But right now we've, we've gotten a little relief. Most of the red tide is, is now out of the bay. It's been flushed out. There is a little bit still lingering on the north beaches and out by Egmont Key, but I'm going to give it a shot. I haven't, I haven't been inshore in months just because of this red tide, but it's getting better. Um, unfortunately, this is, we're kind of coming to peak season for red tide, so it may come back, but hopefully not. Um, Florida Fish and Wildlife has um, extended the closure of snook, trout, and redfish for Tampa Bay, so those are off limits, even though this year was supposed to be the first time we could keep them in a few years, but <laughs> I actually agree with the closure. I think they need to push it a little further. Um, we can go more into that another time, if, uh, depending on what the ruling is for long-term. But um, I think this fishery needs a little bit of time to rebound. But I'll be going out there, going to check on my, uh, my pet snook that I used to, used to get into. Hopefully, they made it through the red tide. And I'm excited to get out on the water. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And we will uh, see you next week. Thanks, everybody.